Longford Baptist Church and anyone else who is joining us on this spring morning. We want to welcome you, even though you're not yet in our midst, yet in another sense, we are very much together this morning and we come together to worship our God. So I pray that you have the opportunity this morning to stop whatever you're doing, the busyness around you, to find yourself a spot where you can sit down and worship and focus on what God wants to say to you this morning. So welcome. We're pleased wherever in the world you are joining us this morning. We're here to worship our God. And if you've been in Romford, then you'll have enjoyed the blue skies of this week. And this morning's theme is about all the earth shall cry glory. And so together, we're going to worship our Lord. My name's Jan. I'm one of the ministers. And Judy is going to be sharing God's word with us this morning. For those of you who prayed for Judy yesterday, well, congratulations, Judy. He's got through ministerial recognition And so we praise God, and we so look forward to seeing how God continues to use you as a blessing here and further afield. Judy, we're delighted. Congratulations. So let's stand, if you want to, or look out your window at the beauty of God's creation as we sing our first hymn together, All Things Bright and Beautiful. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for all the beauty we see around us at this time of year. Thank you for the tiny shoots on the trees as they come back to life. Thank you for the blossom that is starting to come out. Thank you for the daffodils that are waving their yellow heads as we walk past and for the crocuses poking up through the ground. Lord, so much sign of new life. And Father, we thank you for the life that you've blessed us with. Father, we thank you that whatever our situation, that you are the God who is in control. We thank you that you don't change, even though our lives change constantly, even though our circumstances change, even though the world around us changes, yet you remain constant. And Father God, this morning we want to continue to build our lives on you as our firm foundation. And so together we've nature around us this morning. We want to stand and we want to worship and praise you. And we just pray that as we do so, that you would come and inhabit our praises and inhabit our hearts. Father God, thank you that wherever we are this morning, you are present. And Father God, we pray that in your mercy, in your grace, that you would come and meet with each one of us this morning. Lord, we long to know you more, we long to worship you, and we pray that your grace would be poured out on our lives to forgive us for all the mistakes of this past week. Father, cleanse us by the blood of Christ. And Lord, as we continue in our worship, may you indeed be lifted high in our hearts and in our voices. For we ask it for your glory, in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Let's continue as we sing, Immortal, Invisible. Psalm 19 reads these words. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun, 
It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is a great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. We're going to continue to worship our good, good Father. Good morning, everybody. It's great to have you with us. You should have now all received um, your notice sheet. Please join us again at 6 p.m. this evening where we'll be looking at Matthew 24, verses 36 to 50. Next Sunday morning, we're going to be having our first service where we'll be allowing people back in the building. As before, if you would like to attend, you will need to book a place. Um, If you can do the booking system as before, the details should be coming up. Please do make sure you book a place and when you're in the building, you will need to follow all of the um, COVID restrictions and guidelines, such as masks must be worn at all times before you enter the building, covering your nose and mouth, following the one-way system, all those kinds of things that we will be guiding you to do. So if you would like to come, please do um, make a booking and we would love to see you here next Sunday. You can also still watch the services online at 10.30 and at 6 p.m. We have got our prayer meeting via Zoom, and that is this Tuesday at 8 p.m., and all are welcome to attend. We're going to be starting a new series on Wednesday evenings, not this Wednesday, but starting Wednesday the 10th of March at 7.45, and it's the Wellbeing course. Um, As Ian mentioned last week, the um, staff team have already started um, doing this course um, every week, so it's going to be on Wednesdays at 7.45, starting on the 10th of March. If you would like to attend, um, if you could let the church office know um, beforehand, obviously people can join um, on the day. However, it helps to um, work out what groups people are going to be in if we already know who's wanting to attend. So if you would like to attend, please do contact the church office. You'll also see that we're looking to start planning um, reopening. We obviously, you know, have the guidelines from the government and everything is still... um, decided upon um, the situations that are ongoing. However, we're looking for help in um, the youth and the children's and the family's work. Um, You'll see that there are two events that Hannah has got scheduled on Monday the 15th of March and on Thursday the 18th of March. Um, It's via Zoom and it's for an hour and it's an opportunity to find out more about the work, what you would like to do in it or all the different things that you could ask, the sort of questions that you would ask Hannah on a Sunday if you were here. So please do join on. Even if you're not too sure whether you want to get involved, you just want to find out. There's no obligation to um, start helping out if you've attended the session. Please do um, 
join it just to find out. Working in youth and children's work is probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Um, and for me personally, it's great now to see some of the children that um, I worked with and teenagers I worked with have grown on in their faith. Um, it's an absolutely brilliant way to serve God. So if you're interested, please do um, contact Hannah and let her know you'd like to join the Zoom events. And now, um, as we started last week, um, a new um, session of called God, I'm Not Okay. We're now going to watch the next video. Thanks, Sam. Good morning. And this is the second in our series of Dear God, I'm Not Okay. Seems a very strange title for a series, but we are all recognising together that many of us are not feeling okay at the moment. And it's okay to admit we're not okay. This week, I want to look at the theme of being stressed, fatigued, discouraged. Often one of the most overused words is that word, I am stressed, meaning I have a lot on. Yes, it was also one of the most ignored symptoms of poor mental health. We all need an element of stress to keep motivate us to operate in life. But when that gives too much, we need to stop and seeing, see what we have and just take some time to evaluate things. A steam engine, one of my favorite things in life, needs pressure to operate. If it has not got that power from the steam within its boiler, the train will not move. The engine will remain static, but too much pressure, it will explode. And if you look down through history, many a steam engine have actually exploded. That is why they fit a safety valve. A safety valve is fitted so that when the steam gets to a pressure that is dangerous, a safety valve gives and the pressure is let out. In the same way, we need to understand the difference between good and bad pressure. Too much pressure that's going to cause us to explode or burn out. We need to understand the difference between good and bad stress. So what do we do? As you will see from last week, what we're trying to do in this series is to, in Christian terms, but also give a practical way forward. Understanding that if God speaks to you and through this, you need to do something. It's all very well saying, yes, I'm okay, I'll deal with it next week. Next week may be too late. If God is putting his finger on you today, deal with it today. So what are we going to do? Well, firstly, I want to encourage you to step away from life for a minute. Recognise the stress that causes us and the way it's causing us to act. Be or behave in ways, the stress may be causing you to be and behave in ways that you would choose not to in a moment when you feel out of control. So the first thing, step away. Secondly, be honest with ourselves. Be really honest with yourself for a moment. How do you really feel? And when we're being honest with ourselves, then be honest with others about the way we feel. Maybe you have fear in that, fear of not seeming as strong as you want everybody to believe. That's okay. We, none of us are strong all the time. We all need to have times when we're not strong and somebody else supports us. So firstly, step away. 
Secondly, be honest with yourself. Thirdly, let me take you to the scriptures and read 1 Kings chapter 19. The story of Elijah and his journey of healing. In speed time here, Elijah had had the Mount Carmel experience. He had defeated the prophets of Baal, but he was exhausted. And suddenly he got a total loss of reality. He felt he was the only one and everybody was after him. And so he was shouting out to God and he was running away. But God took him on a journey of healing. And if you read 1 Kings 19, you will see these things. God fed him. God fed him. God gave him rest. And then God fed him. That very act of resting and receiving nourishment started the journey of healing. Thirdly, he went on exercise. He took a long walk led by God. And only as he'd been through the feeding, resting, exercise process for a while was he able to meet with God and hear from God. A return to the rational thinking and the God-given companion to work with him. If you're feeling stressed, really fatigued, step away for a moment, be honest with yourself, and then read 1 Kings 19. And then do 1 Kings 19. So rest. You know, rest is a command from God. It's not an optional extra in life. It's not a luxury. It is a command from God. God gave the Sabbath rest on the seventh day God rested. And we need to learn to work from rest rather than rest from work. Eat. Eat healthily. Get a correct rhythm. Exercise. Yes, go for a walk. You may not be, a bit like me I suppose, one who's going to run and find that really exciting and life-giving. It's probably going to cause me more problems. But all of us can do moderate exercise, and we should do. It's good for our mental health, it's good for our perspective, it's good for our thinking. And then find the real truth. Elijah in 1 Kings 19, he had this total misunderstanding that he was the only one and God had to come to him and meet with him and show him that he was not alone, that there are others and maybe you need to have a reality check of what the situation is. Next, meet with God. Yes, spend time with God. Maybe at the moment you're not able to because you're feeling so tired and worn out. You just can't read long passages of scripture and you're struggling to pray because your mind is in a world. Well, just listen to some worship music. There's plenty of it on the internet. And don't worry about listening to the things you ought to. Listen to things that you give, feed your soul. If you love old hymns, listen to old hymns. If you love modern music, listen to some of that. And then find a medical, no, find a companion, a mentor, 
a fellow pilgrim to journey with you. Maybe you've been going too long on your own, trying to be the omnicompetent person. God has called us to live in community where we have one another. So firstly, step away. Secondly, be honest. Thirdly, read 1 Kings 19. Fourthly, live 1 Kings 19. Fifthly, seek help if you need it. Medical help if you need it. Medication. And also, if you feel you need it, seek prayer and pastoral support. Meditate. Meditate, maybe look at a simple flower and see how it is at best when it's just blooming and when it's not crushed. And allow God to take the pressures away from you that you too can bloom again. And take five minutes a day, not a lot, five minutes a day to see God at work in your life. Dear God, I'm not okay. It's good to admit it. And from this plan, hopefully you can see that God cares about you and wants to meet with you. Are you stressed, fatigued, worn out? Then this is a word for you. Allow it to take control of your life. Allow God to take control and to bring you back to health. Thank you. Many of us are not quite okay at the moment. It's been quite a year and many have had to journey that year in isolation. We need to stop and to recognise. We hope this series will be helpful and that's also part of the reason we're going to be running the well-being course that Hayley mentioned. And as she said, the, the leadership team are already doing it. And uh, I've got to say, it's great. It's really challenging. But it talks so practically about how we can improve our well-being and highlighting areas that maybe we need to work on or areas that are strengths. And I've certainly found it really helpful so far. So I encourage you to sign up to that new course and to join together as the doors start to open, as we see some hope to COVID lockdown ending. It's an opportunity to come together and to seek that well-being together. Let's stop. We're going to pray and we're going to thank God for the ways provided for this church through the offerings, but also pray for one another. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this church this church which is so much more than a building, this church which are our friends and our family, our members, some known, some not known, some new even since we've closed the doors, some who have been here many years. And God, we thank you that you've brought us together as a church. And Father God, we thank you for providing for this fellowship. We thank you for all of those who have given. We thank you for all of that money that's transferred across the bank accounts so that this church can continue, so that we can continue the work here in Romford, so that we can continue the work across the nation, and so that we can continue your work across the whole nations. 
Father God, thank you. Father, we thank you for the sacrificial giving that people have, have offered. And Lord, we just pray for your blessing upon each person who belongs to our fellowship here. Lord, we thank you that you know each one of us. You know our needs, you know our hearts. And Father God, we thank you that you care. Lord, for those who are struggling financially to make ends meet at this time, Lord, we just pray that you'd provide for them. And pray that they would see you do miracles in their homes. For those who are feeling so stressed and so tired, Father God, we just pray for the restoration that you gave to Elijah that you'd also give to them. Lord, help each of us to respond to you where we are tired and worn down, where we're weary and heavy burdened. And this morning we want to specifically stop and pray for those whose hearts have been broken over the loss of loved ones. Father, we pray for, um, for Muriel Warner, who lost her lovely sister. And Father, we just pray for her and the family that they might know your presence and your love and your comfort. Father, we pray for Stephen. And Father God, particularly for him, we just pray that you would comfort him in his sorrow. And Father, we pray that you would absolutely go ahead of him and make his paths pass through good places. That, Lord, you would provide for him. Lord, we thank you for that Christian carer who's been with him over the past week. And Lord, whatever his future is, we just pray that you absolutely would open up the right doors so that he would have a happy and fulfilled and safe and loved life. Father, just surround him, we pray, in a very special way and provide for him. Father, we pray for Julie's colleague, Laura, and the family who lost her last week. We pray for your comfort over them. Lord, we pray for JJ's family, Mapalola, this morning, who has lost her father and the siblings who have lost their dad. Father, we pray for your comfort to that family today. We pray for Brian and our family, and for Gordon and his family, for Pamela and her family, as each one have lost loved ones over the last few weeks. Surround each one with your love and your comforting arms, we pray. And Lord, we pray for those who are poorly at the moment. We pray for Kyle Palmer, who's the minister at Elm Park Baptist, who's in hospital right now. We pray for Pete, who's the friend of Karen, and for Mel's dad, and for Malcolm, for Sheila, for Jean, for Joyce, for Brian, for Don and Daphne, and for Lillian. Lord, we pray for each one of these loved people, for Bren and for Lauren. Lord, for each one, we pray your hand of healing upon their lives, each one so loved, each one in need of your healing power right now. And we pray that, Father God, you would reach out and touch them and restore them to health. Father God, we bring before you as well our friends and family who are on our hearts. 
And in this moment of quiet, I invite you just to bring before God those who you know who are so in need. Father God, we thank you that you are present with each one of these people. We thank you that you are able to meet the needs of each and every person. And Lord, we pray for ourselves today that you would meet with us at our point of need too. Thank you that you are indeed our good, good Father. And we pray that we might know your loving arms encircling us today. As Judy brings your word shortly, so we pray your anointing upon him. We thank you so much for the way that you've guided and directed him and opened up the doors before him. And Lord, we just pray your continued blessing and, and anointing upon him. And Lord, as he brings your word today, so we pray that you would speak into the hearts and lives of each one of us. Because we want to know you more, Father. We are your children. And we're so grateful to be able to worship you this morning. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Haley is going to come and bring God's word to us from Genesis chapter 1. This reading is from Genesis chapter 1 beginning at verse 1 and ends at chapter 2, verse 4. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters he called seas. And God saw it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plant-bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. 
the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good. And there was evening and then there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give you every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on he rested from the work of creating all that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Now before Judy comes and brings God's word to us, we're going to sing the servant king. Morning church. From the bottom of my heart, my family and I, we just want to say a very big thank you to the leadership of the church, Reverend Hien, Reverend Vicky, Reverend John, and to the church at large for the opportunity 
to be able, for the platform you have given me to be able to um, achieve what God is leading me onto. I really want to say thank you. Thank you so much. The journey has just started, as I told one of my bosses this morning, Reverend John. I said, the journey has just started. <laughs> so I still need your prayers. This morning, we will continue in the series for the Lenten season. And the theme is, and all the earth shall cry glory. And all the earth shall cry glory. We shall explore God's presence in our world. God's involvement with and consecration of the beauty of life and creation, and God's willingness to be present with human beings. Had we been together in the church building, I would have asked a question, but I would still ask it, and I would say, what particular Bible passages come to your mind when we talk about the beauty of creation. I'm sure some of us will look at Psalm 8, which says, When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him. Some of us may pick Psalm 19, which Reverend John read out to us. That starts by saying, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. Whichever verse you have picked, or maybe I've not even read yours, one thing is certain, it resonates. God's power, God's creative power and involvement in creation. Human beings too attested to this. On December 24, 1968, there was an unforgettable event that was recorded in human history. And it was one of the key moments of the 20th century. The event was made possible because of the development of rocket technology, visual broadcasting, and the courage and adventurousness of human beings who participated in it. It was the day when human beings first orbited the moon. And from space, those three men in Apollo 8 saw the earth rise. Though the following year there was moon landings, but the first sight of the earth again beamed back to us 
As the spaceship completed its orbit, it conveyed a glory, a beauty that was very powerful. And you know what happened? Each astronaut in the space, each of them, one by one, brought out their Bible and they started to read the first 10 verses of Genesis chapter 1. You can check this out. Just Google www.nasa.org slash Apollo 8. You will see what I've just told you. So the question is, why will the astronauts read Genesis 1? Is it because Genesis 1 spoke about the heaven and the earth? Yes, it could be. But there is a much deeper reason. And this is because Genesis is an inheritance which belongs to humanity as a whole. Even to those who are not overtly religious. Thank you, Eli, for reading that very long passage, Genesis chapter 1. If we read, as God created day one, he evaluated it, and he said, it was good. Day two, he create, he, after creation, he looked at it, he said, it was good. And this continued up till day five. But at the end, check your scriptures again that has just been read, Genesis 1. After God created man, he gave us a specific instruction. He blessed us. He said, be fruitful, multiply, nurture, keep. I give this to you as food for you to enjoy. And after God's conclusion wasn't it was good. God added another word to read, an adjective again. He said, it was very good. So which means from day one to five, God could look at everything and he believes, yet it's good, but not very good. But after the creation of you and I, God said, it was very good. Why did he say it was very good? Psalmist King David in verse 4 to 6 gave us the answer. He said, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, you have made him a little lower than the angels. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. How good is that? And that was why God said, at the end of day six, after creation of man, he said, and indeed, it was very good. But how have we yielded to the goodness of God? 
How are we keeping the earth? The beautiful things God has given to us. What are we doing to keep it? Genesis speaks powerfully of the goodness of creation and the goodness of God's action in bringing it into being. And we can see how everything was set. No wonder Revelation 4, 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. But you will not believe it. Not everyone saw the goodness in creation as projected in Genesis. Few Christians still exist, and even up till today, who believe that the world, the material, and the physical creation, they regarded this as evil and dirty. To them, the goal of salvation will be to escape from this world into a spiritual and heavenly realm. In fact, some of them believe so much that we should not even be reading the Old Testament. Those who have gone to the Bible school will remember Marcion, the leader of this group then, who believed that the Christians should not be reading the Old Testament at all. But thank God that Christians were able to come together and they produced the canon. And the biblical canon simply says, to understand the New Testament, you need the Old Testament. So you will see in the Old Testament, in Genesis, it tells the story of creation. And if we go to Exodus, it gives us the story of the redemption and God's care for all. The Old Testament affirms God who walks in and with this world. The Old Testament makes it clear that Christ is sent into the world to the humble, to those who are suffering, to those in power, for those who are responsible for the laws of the state and the society. But creation did not just stop in the Old Testament. It continues in the New Testament with Jesus. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17. It tells us, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. So the process of creation is an ongoing thing. Let us take a moment now to look at that, the, the first verse of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. The scripture says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of of the waters. We look at a picture now, which will be 
shown on the screen. The picture gives us an, it's an illustration as demonstrated by Donald Jackson with the contribution of Chris Tomlin. As we go from left to right, just look at it. As you go from left to right, look at it there. You can see the first part. No, what can you say? If you want to describe that first part of the diagram on your left, what will you say it is? That is how the world was. No form. No shape. Nothing can live in it. No hope. But as you move from left to right, can you see the dove in the middle of that diagram which represents the Holy Spirit? You can see the causal. Thank you, Sam. You can see the causal. And that is the dove. The dove showing. When God started to do the work, it started to move. And things began to take its shape. God's intervention in a situation which is without form, which is void. I'm going to take you to a biology or embryology class now as we watch a clip. We watch a clip now. Just look at this. Only two cells are needed to create a baby. Two cells and a miracle. In just nine months, this pair of cells blossoms into billions of cells. Gently nestled and protected in a mother's womb, a tiny human thrives. Together, mother and baby share this journey of life, this magnificent adventure called pregnancy. Thank you. When the scripture says at the beginning, the world, please show that again. I just want you to say, people to say. Just stop it there and just let people say. Yes, thank you. When the scripture says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void. If this picture was shown to you, will you believe that a human being will come out of this? That is week five. Without form, void. What, do, what can you see this? If they say this is how a human being develops, what will you say? You say, are you for real? So, you and I, we are from the earth. So, when the scripture says, the earth was without form and void, this is how we were. Without form. Where is the head here? Can you see the head? Where is the leg here? Where are the fingers? Look at the situation. But when God continues with the journey, continue please. 
So you can see, if you were not there when God created the world, you can see that you and I started from a position without form, void, shapeless, no purpose. And the Holy Spirit began to walk, as we saw in that clip. Later, the head, the hands, the legs, and everything begins to come to shape. The scripture already tells us in Psalm 19 that the heavens already declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. But what about we, human beings? Is our life crying glory to God? A life that cries glory to God is a life that has the Spirit of God at its center. It's a life that is shaped by God. It's a life that shows forth the fruit of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is a life that cries glory to God. Remember, I said it, we are from the earth. Every other things God created, they already declare God's glory. But when God created us and he said it was very good, he gave us the option. More often than not, as we come out and we become a man, what did we do? We shut out the Holy Spirit. We shut out God from our life. And what happens? We return to the position when where our life becomes void without shape. No purpose. There are several lives, unfortunately, today that do not cry glory to God. The life is void. The life is without form. It is without purpose. A life that shuts out God a life that shuts out Holy Spirit, a life that is not dependent on God, a life that does not allow the Word of God to shape it, a life that depends more on the social media than the Word of God, is a life that is void, without form. But God has taken us from that position but what did we do? We decided to go back to that position. A life that sees nothing wrong with sin. A life that is happy with sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, sorcery, strife, 
jealousy, fits of angers, rivalries, divisions, envy, drunkenness, etc., etc. This is a life that is not crying glory to God. King David knew what it means to shut out God of one's life because he saw his predecessor, King Saul. When Saul rejected God and the Holy Spirit departed from him, he knew what Saul's life became. And so when King David stared into such a scene and he realized that, oh, I am going to shut God out of my life. What did he do in Psalm 51? He cried out to God. He said, Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew the right spirit within me. So the question is, is your life crying glory to God? Is your life, is my life crying out glory to God? Or we are back in that without form, void, no purpose. Is that where our life is? We have just watched a clip which Pastor Ian presented. Jesus is calling every one of us. He says, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavily laden, and I will give you rest. So God took us from a position where our life was without form, was void, was without purpose, and we got developed into a man. It's, it's something that has shape, a purpose. But have we decided to go back to that position by shutting God out of our life? Once we shut God out of our life, then our lives will not cry glory to God. All the earth, including you, you are from the earth, you will return to the earth. All the earth cry glory unto God. We need to have a reflection. Is my life crying out glory to God? Is my life crying out glory to God? Or is saying otherwise? Let us bow down our heads. Just want us to have a think. We need to be sincere with ourselves. It's your prayer to this morning is cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Are you crying for restoration? 
Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That's what King David says. Is that your prayer this morning? Because you feel within yourself something is wrong. Christ is knocking. Christ is knocking now. Father, Lord God, we want to thank you this morning. Because you created everything for your pleasure. Things you've created all give glory to your name. But many a times we human beings that you have created. And after you, have, you created those, you were excited and you said, yes, it was very good. Many a times we fall short of your glory. And we do things our own way. We follow our own path. And we shut you out. Lord, we ask that you forgive us. We have decided to come back home this morning. You said, whosoever comment unto you, you will know as cast out. Father, come into our life. Take the center. Let everything we say, we do. Wherever we go, whatsoever thing we do or touch, let it cry out glory. Even unto you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If that is your prayer and you want to talk to anyone or you want somebody to pray with you, please feel free to call the church office or you email the church office. And I'm sure somebody will be with you very soon. We'll close by singing in all creatures of our God and King. Thank you for joining us this morning and we hope to see you in the evening at 6 p.m. for the evening service. Don't forget the church reopens next Sunday. Therefore, please follow the, um, the link to get yourself booked in should you want to be in the church building. And please, let's also follow the COVID-19 protocols. So, I pray. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May he make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May he lift his countenance upon us and give us his peace. May the grace of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us all from now on and forever.